This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. But here on Bush Recaps Theater, we are just getting started creating this pod. My name is Ariel, and I am here with my creator. It's Grace. What's up, Grace? Am I human or am I artificially intelligent? Whatever. <laughs> You're definitely naturally intelligent. Oh, thank you. Um, but uh, I don't know about the artificial thing. Mm. Yeah, Grace, I'm so excited that we get to talk about Paw Patrol. <laughs> The biggest hit of the weekend. I actually haven't checked the box office. Thanks for thanks for reminding me. I I was gonna open the pod to be honest. Be like, Paw Patrol oh my god, Paw Patrol over. did win the weekend. Of course, twenty three million dollars. We're talking about the third biggest movie of the weekend, Ariel. That's right. That's us. Because that's us. Sometimes we choose art over money. Okay, art. sorry, capitalism. We saw you, but we chose to. <laughs> we saw, I saw that Paw Patrol was playing. That's about as much as I saw Paw Patrol. Uh, I did I see Saw. I guess. I'll I could talk about that later. Yeah, that briefly. Later. yeah. Um, but the creator, this movie, uh directed by Gareth Edwards. Yeah, he did Rogue uh, One. He did Rogue One as the trailer, and every piece of marketing will not <laughs> let you forget. Uh-huh. Sure did. <laughs> uh speaking of forgetting, you, the listener, should not forget. Subscribe, poshorecaps.com slash movies for all your poster recaps theater pod needs. Also, you could go to poshorecaps.com slash subscribe just to like, if you need to know what else we're covering, it's a good place to go. Um, but yeah, Gareth Edwards, Rogue One. Are you a Rogue One person? I'm curious. I liked Rogue One a lot. Yeah, I, I feel like I need to rewatch it. Um, I It's easy because there was a lot of, I thought that everybody liked Rogue One and then Andor was coming out. They were like, it's like a Rogue One Star Wars story. And then I heard like people were like, I don't really like Rogue One, actually. I know everybody liked it, but I didn't really like it. So... Yeah. I I feel like I should like Rogue One more than I do. I like a lot of things about it. I think it's a little bit of a mixed bag. My biggest takeaway from Rogue One was like, I just didn't care about a lot of things that were happening. Like a lot of the emotional stakes that the movie wanted me to feel, I just wasn't feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's a 
it's a well done movie and obviously you know has repercussions for the greater star wars universe vague spoilers for star wars yeah. uh but this movie the creator david isaiah washington uh who was in tenet okay i walked into this movie i'm just gonna mm-hmm. be brutally honest in the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which implies that i'm lying at every other every i know other i like point. when i i know yeah it's great uh yeah. I did not like him in Tenet. Like putting aside whether Tenet worked for you or not, like mileage may vary. I think Tenet is very polarizing. Where is Rich to talk about Tenet? I'm sad that Rich isn't here. Yeah, really. Yeah. We, we mentioned Tenet. Sort of maybe after, I, think, but, um, yeah. I did not. My biggest problem actually with Tenet, I liked a lot of things about it, was his performance. I thought that it did not work at all. Like, really really and mm-hmm. seeing this movie part of the reason that i my expectations were low was because of that and i've seen him be better in other things but it was just kind of the thing that was lingering in my mind the most and then mm-hmm. all the rogue one stuff i'm like is it because this movie's bad and they want us to remember that rogue one was good uh so my expectations were very low and i had a really good time i kept like checking in with myself when i as I do when I am surprised that something is better than I anticipated, which is I'm like, is this good? Am I crazy? Am I just like balancing my expectations? I'm enjoying myself. I was riveted. It was pretty long, but it never, it has like some parts that you could cut out theoretically, as we love to point out on this pod, but I actually really enjoyed myself, Grace. What did you think? Yeah, so I had seen this movie. This was interesting. I mean, the two of us, we sort of look ahead at the calendar a lot and are trying to sort of finagle what's going to come out. And with the strike, there's been a lot of moving pieces with stuff getting moved around. And the creator kind of, you know, I I saw one poster for it many times when I lived in a movie theater for a week a few weeks ago. And um, I feel like there was very little promo that, like you said, wasn't like from the creator of Rogue One or whatever, from the writer of Rogue One. And so it didn't have a ton. And then I saw the trailer and I was pretty intrigued by it. And then these reviews started coming out, the first embargoes on the reviews, and they were really, really good. And that was both exciting and scares me because I think sometimes I love being told a movie is bad and then going and watching like, that wasn't that bad. I feel like I'm like a little bit of like an eternal optimist a bit mm-hmm. that I'm like, I feel like it takes a really bad movie for me to be like, this is really bad. Especially at a movie theater when I'm just like fully watching the whole thing. I don't know. There's a difference between sometimes I feel like I appreciate good movies less when I'm like watching them at home where I'm like second screening a bit, Mm -hmm. but these, the reviews came out. So I was excited. And I, I feel like I'm the one who advocated for us to do it over saw. And this is mostly that it's like, it is an original story. I feel like we'd be jumping into the 10th version of a saw movie. And that is movie is also getting good reviews, but I, you know, we're doing, we're going to do the exorcist next week. And it's like, we got horror covered. Well, you know, well, let's watch the creator. I think it'll be really good. Right. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. I think this movie is really, really good. And also at the same time, Ariel kind of bad. <laughs> and I don't know kind of how to hold these two. I, I think that there's stuff that I watch on the, in the, on the screen. And I'm like, this is as good as it gets with movies like this. Some of the stuff I'm seeing it, it, like mm-hmm. a sci- epic sci-fi. I'll say not necessarily yeah, yeah. with movies. Cause I love a good, like slow character drama that looks like it was made for like, you know, five bucks or whatever, five but <laughs> how expensive could it be? <laughs> it's a banana, Michael. Um, <laughs> This movie looks amazing at times and there's stuff for me that's totally working. And the metaphor of the movie, I think I actually, you know, I I do think there's a lot that's working. And then there's times where I'm like, I don't know how we got from good, good scene a to good scene B. And I think all the stuff in the middle is bad, but like, 
I don't know. At least we got at least we got these two good scenes. I don't know if that makes sense. This movie has a lot of plot holes, I think, and a lot of stuff that for me, I have to like hand wave as I'm watching it to be like, this is great uh, because it is genuinely good. I feel like the way they get to some of these things, it needs somebody to like tighten it up a little bit like a you know an editor which is famously what happened with rogue one is it not like isn't the whole thing that like oh yeah. yeah yeah i think wasn't that the one with uh lord oh no lord miller was solo um yeah, yeah i remember there was there were there were rewrites there were reshoots the darth vader thing at the end spoiler sorry for rogue one i guess uh didn't really work for me it felt tacked on um but uh Yes. The, suffice to say, there were a lot of problems with that movie before it came out that they try to solve in one way or another. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this movie is really good and really, and then sometimes it's pretty bad, I think. So, mm -hmm. but more I, in like. I, I will very yeah. quickly correct myself. Uh, I said David Isaiah Washington, which I knew was, yeah. sounded right, but Isaiah Washington is a different actor. I did get David right. It's John David Washington. John not David, David Washington. Isaiah Washington. <laughs> Yeah, I sometimes forget whether he's David John Washington or John David Washington. So, yeah, there was a David. Uh, mm -hmm. But yes, I was I was pleasantly surprised at his performance. Really good. We have Allison Janney, which like, come on, she's pretty fun role for Allison Janney. She, got she was I, I my biggest worry when I saw Allison Janney, honestly, was like, oh, no, we're only going to get this one Allison Janney scene. <laughs> I was already mourning her absence that like was uh was false really because she was she's in a lot of the movie um so yeah i guess i guess let's just spill the mm -hmm. psrt and then we can talk more specifically performances and pieces and plot holes and why you're wrong no i'm just kidding i don't think you're i don't think you're necessarily wrong i think i had like rose colored glasses when it comes to this movie or like nomad colored glasses that's a movie reference if you haven't there's seen a whole piece of my head that wasn't there so that could be where the plot oh, holes God. went i can hear it spinning <laughs> oh yeah okay here we go the creator in 2055 a u.s government created ai detonates a nuclear warhead over los angeles no bueno the u.s and western allies claim uh aim excuse me to eradicate ai full stop to prevent human extinction with you so far New Asia, which is in Southeast Asia, embraces AI despite Western opposition. It seems like the U.S. is like one of the only places where uh, we're like, screw AI. Because we yeah, got no AI. Mm -hmm. The U.S. military launches a campaign to assassinate Nirmata, which is who is the AI architect living in New Asia, as far as I can tell. Sergeant Joshua Taylor, played by John David Washington, works undercover in New Asia. And his wife, Maya, played by Gemma Chan, who we did not call out in the after party finale, uh, but we should have. Yeah. Uh, played by Gemma Chan, who I love, is believed to be Nermada's daughter. So, like, potentially Gemma Chan's dad could be Nermada. Mm -hmm. Maya, played by Gemma Chan, is killed in a nomad strike. Nomad is this like huge machine that the US has very believably put all its money into to like this piece of like it took 10 years to build and it just just it just is a, bomb. a trillion dollars it's yeah. like a huge it's like it's a, not a bomb but, but yeah. like not it, drops missiles, it looks yeah. like a big like paper cutter anyway that's what mm -hmm. nomad is it looks mm -hmm. really cool unfortunately um so maya is killed by nomad the nomad strike excuse me and uh but taylor is later informed that she's actually alive which he didn't know. He just assumed she had died. Taylor is recruited to destroy a new AI weapon uh, called Alfie. I think it's Alpha. Alpha O is like the official name. Yeah. And he he 
gives her the name Alfie, played by uh, Alfie is played by Madeline Yuna Voiles. Excuse the pronunciation. Alfie is a robotic girl with advanced technological control abilities. She's like she has the look of a, a synthetic being. I forgot the exact term they put it, but it's synth something, synthoid, I think, or it's like you have a human face, but like you very clearly have like a hole in your head and it spins because you're a robot. Yeah. Um, Taylor, so she's this robotic girl. She has like advanced abilities that we see literally growing as the movie goes on. Taylor disobeys order and ref- orders and refuses to kill Alfie. Be- I mean, partially because she's so damn cute. I think mm-hmm. it's like harder and har- it becomes harder and harder for him to continue to follow his orders. He learns that Maya, his ex, was mm-hmm. actually Normata herself and discovers the truth about the long Los Angeles incident, which is just that it was a human error and the AI never actually bombed. Yeah. It's like a bug in the system. Yeah. <laughs> Again, very believable as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's on the run from Colonel Howell, who is played by the queen, Allison Janney, who yeah. is having so much fun and we love her. Yeah. Taylor and Alfie are captured by new Asian forces, but they escape. Then they are captured by U.S. forces, uh, but Taylor fakes Alfie's death by, like, you know, kind of shutting her off with he, like a standby thing. Yeah, it's a standby, not for standby, or, not off. Which yeah, not yeah off. that's what it was, and yeah. I I loved it because you could see it coming from a million miles away, and like I still loved yeah. it. I was like, this is mm-hmm. so good. Uh, Alfie is forced onto uh, no forces a lunar shuttle to land. On Nomad. So now for Alfie has been like taken aboard Nomad and like Alfie's power is basically like I can both shut off and turn on. Taylor wants to be there for like her like official turning off. And then when he goes there, he like reveals that she like she's on standby and he wakes her up because she can like control machinery basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With her mind or with her robot mind. And they take a lunar shuttle to Nomad. Or they escape, right? And then they this is yes, like they're they in the airport. Well, they yeah, they, right. they they try to escape Nomad. Taylor and Alfie sabotage Nomad's mission and plant an explosive. They actually use one of Nomad's explosives explosives like against it. They rig it. Um, and uh, Andrews, played by Ralph Innocent, activates a robot to stop Taylor, but he ejects uh, and reunites with a simulant of Maya who uh what's her name alfie had like restarted alfie had to escape by herself which is like a sweet sweet moment that i can't wait to talk about where alfie and uh what's his name uh john david washington joshua taylor has to say goodbye Mm -hmm. and then nomad explodes and like it falls into the earth halting the ai strike and humans and ai celebrate the war's end seemingly but if they know the us there's probably something else coming but that's the uh that's the end of the movie yeah i liked a lot of this i liked i liked so much of it i i'm a big sucker for this like um you know the adult taking care of a child thing mm-hmm. this is like you know the mandalorian and all of all of these type trope not movies not obi-wan <laughs> kind of obi-wan yeah and uh so i like it a lot um you know i had i i feel like there's so many good ideas in this movie and like it is quite long and yet i feel like there's so much missing from it so i i like the idea of joshua taylor being a spy and falling in love with this woman but there's some of it that feels so like 
it had to be bigger than it than it i feel like it needed to be i feel like that's the thing with with gareth edwards here is that like i feel like it's a really good story that then is also like oh but actually he wasn't only undercover he never even realized that his wife was actually nirmada and then like not only is she nirmada it actually is like her baby that is alfie and so you're like actually the dad of this like baby that you've been like or this this child that you've been like carrying around like there's so much stuff in here that's like it's a little bit unnecessary that feels like it's to make it like so much grander than the movie i feel which is funny because it's like a sci-fi epic mm -hmm. um because so much of it works for me so well i think that um you know joshua taylor and an alfie running around and escaping all the stuff alice and janney being on like you know they're trailing trying to find them he's he thinks that his like wife is alive so he's trying to find her so much of it to me does work that the stuff that like doesn't work and it's mostly where like they just like get on a lunar shuttle uh to like they escape right when he fakes her death alfie's death right he like wakes her up and then they like run and the way that they like leave is they like basically board a flight to the moon is like how they get away right and then and then eventually that thing gets like overtaken but i'm like isn't the ai good enough in 2055 that like they would never they're never getting on that like you're never getting on a flight anyway whatever it doesn't matter oh uh, right right like it would be able to kind of like stop it before it happened i don't know i guess uh, they don't use ai in america so maybe not i don't know we hate it grace <laughs> we hated it yeah. um i yeah a couple things i i think the to your point about the the child and mentor well not really a mentor but like the child and protector mm -hmm. beats i think is is interesting because the movie you basically find out in the movie like maya uh taylor's wife mm -hmm. he, i love that he's like i was undercover and i was supposed to be doing this mission but you will refer to her as my wife okay right. even though she was my source and i like turned her and married her and we missed the whole sturgill simpson thing in this movie where his, yeah, okay like, yeah hold on yeah. i will get to that because i didn't realize till like 10 minutes ago that this is uh -huh. sturgill simpson the, yeah i believe it's just literally he's a musician like yeah he's a musician yeah. that he was acting let alone that he was in this movie yeah mm -hmm. um you maya in the beginning is pregnant with taylor's child yeah then you he of course because he thinks that maya is dead he assumes the child had died and then it turns out that like alfie who was created by maya because maya is nirmada is a copy of their child yeah and like she made some kind of like a imprint from the embryo before the child didn't make it in some way and then like now alfie basically like alfie is like the closest thing that he, that taylor can have to his daughter and i think it's interesting that they because i was worried that the story was going to be very obviously he loses his child in the beginning and his wife. So like this connection that he has to this Alfie figure, I don't want to call it a creature. It's, it's AI. It's a person mm -hmm. kind of this, his connection is like the stand in emotionally. Right. And you're like, have to mm -hmm. like live in that logic with him. And that kind of makes sense. But then to take it further and like actually your connection and your loyalty to this child will then be amplified by the fact that it's, kind of your child again it's the closest thing that you will ever have to that specific child so now like all bets are off i think that was like a really cool twist which in some ways is like 
of course it's his child. But like, again, I thought it was going to be like more of a metaphor and not actually like, wait, this is kind of your child. I thought that that, that surprise is well seated. I think it's overall really well paced, even among the, like, this is a two and it's like two hours and 15 minutes. It can feel bloated at times. I think it's like really well paced and they do this thing also with the, with like flashbacks that like they're revealing. There are chapters that like flash across the screen of like different like subsections of the movie. The visualization of the title cards is excellent. Looks so cool. It's very cool. And like, I think the visual point in general stands for the movie because like, even you have the ship, the vessel, whatever you want to call it, nomad, right. Which is like this weapon and it looks so cool. And like they show it in the trailer, they show it in the in the poster for it. And you kind of think that it's a stand in for all these other pieces of technology or like, you know, robots or whatever that we're going to see. And in the end, it's like, no, that is the thing like there is nomad is the thing. There's not like a, a fleet of nomads as far as we know, mm -hmm. or like spaceships or whatever, really, it's just this thing. And I think it's like, a little bit to your point of how everything looks so cool. This is the be all and end all of what, like this is the the most advanced technology besides AI that like the US has come up with to combat the AI. And it just, it looks so freaking cool. There is a movie that I kept comparing this to in my head that I really liked and is not liked by a lot of people, but I saw it in IMAX, just like I saw this movie in IMAX. And a Avatar? lot of- this movie reminded me of it no no i don't think anybody would ever guess this movie that i'm about to mm -hmm. mention yeah and there were a lot of people comparing it to avatar and i think that's a it's a fair it's a fair comparison it's tron tron the oh, sequel, yeah which is mm -hmm. i can't remember the subtitle now but uh tron legacy tron harder tron. Oh. <laughs> electric boogaloo <laughs> Sorry. uh tron legacy yes. which is kind of like you said like not good but also such an incredible experience to have seen it in IMAX. I actually went and saw it mm. twice because mm -hmm. of the music and the visuals and the way that like this machine vessel weapon nomad, and they gave you what the acronym is again, very realistically. You I know nomad stands for like something, something anti whatever device, the way it like scans the ground with this, I don't even know what to call it. There's like this light that comes yeah, down. Yeah, but at from the it, end, like when it's like, around. how is it scanning every possible place on Earth? Isn't it one spaceship? How is it scanning? It's, every okay, so it's this thing. I was comparing it in my head to like the moon because I think I was trying to make sense of this thing that you're talking about just now. Of like, how can you see it? How big is it? And how far yeah. up above the Earth yeah. is it? Right? Like, it seems at some point in some shots to kind of be in the uh, what I would call the lower atmosphere. Like, it's like yeah. very much on top of. Of wherever they are in new asia but then there are other points where it seems like it's so big that if it were on top of the earth it could travel very quickly to somewhere else but yes at the end when it's at the end of the movie they're dropping they're gonna like nuke all of all of new asia and yes. yeah so there, and there is a thing i to the movie's credit they do this thing where like the missiles curve across so like they shoot up and then they kind of like follow a trajectory around the earth that like makes it make sense that this thing nomad doesn't have to actually be in the exact place where it, they're shooting it can just like shoot from far away it's like a mega drone basically uh -huh. with much higher range i just think the sound and the look of this laser scanning piece of nomad was so effing cool like it just had me from the beginning 
and it never stopped being cool. Like in the very beginning, you see it and you're like, I don't know what that is, but it can't be good. <laughs> it kind of mm-hmm. looks alien in a cool way. And not the movie Alien. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks like alien technology. And yeah, Tron. It's Tron was not a good movie, but if you get a chance to see it. On but Tron Legacy. Yeah. Tron Legacy. Yeah, yeah. Tron. Um, whatever. Okay, I want to go first to the point about the plot because I actually I do not like that Alfie ends up being the actual daughter of both uh Taylor and and, and Maya. Maya, Josh and Maya. I don't like it. I feel like what I love about these like protector cup movies is what we see in this movie, which is he does not want to do this. He is sort of like forced into it. And he's like, yeah. I really didn't be intending to carry around and protecting this child. He tries to walk away from her and she's like throwing rocks at him. Yeah. And it's only the fact that she knows where he is, which like, yes, in this world can only be explained by the fact that like, that's her mom. So she like recognizes the picture and goes, but I just, I don't, I don't, this is a like, it's like, you know, to compare it to, to Star Wars for a bit, this is the like everybody's a Skywalker thing, right? Ugh. Of like everybody has to be part of this like world. And I feel like this is on such a smaller scale. This is an original story. I actually think the ending part of me was like, oh, I think they could do another one of these. And then they kill, like Taylor dies. And like, yes, there's AI. And like, there's a whole thing in this movie about clearly Maya the donated her face because he keeps Joshua to keep seeing Maya mm-hmm. around, but it's like, AI versions of like the face that she donated. People like chose this face, which does make sense when she's like Nirmana, people would choose that face, whatever, whatever. But I thought some of that stuff was interesting, but this idea that like, Oh, actually now he can like care for this child and like sacrifice himself for this child because it's actually his child. I thought just like, I know it's like, it isn't, it isn't the trope. The trope is that like, they're not connected, but I I actually didn't think it just didn't work for me. It made the movie feel smaller than that I think the movie for me should have felt, which is most of the time. And, and to go to the stuff I did really like, I thought just the visualization of so many of the details, this movie looks real. Did you listen? How much? Okay. Do you know the budget on this movie? I don't. Do you want to take a guess? <sighs> okay. So nomad costs like a trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had to actually movie. make nomad <laughs> and they did actually have to bomb. <laughs> and then they had to blow it up. This is sounding more and more like a Nolan film. Yeah. Um, uh i don't know like 80 million dollars yeah 80 million dollars i think that that's a very good guess and i was actually hoping you would be wrong and you would guess way more than that because i feel like this guess 100 but then i was like go lower (laughs) this movie looks really expensive and it looks incredible i think that like the 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 robot ais that are like supposed to be humans and the way that they like look human they not look human they behave human yeah I think especially the ones that are like robot faces, right? There's the difference between the ones that are like, these are actors who are playing like, um, there's a guy who's like in so much stuff and he's in this movie. Uh, um, uh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, yeah. He, um, like that's different to me. And I, he's like an actor who has to like pretend to be a robot, but the CGI or however they did this of like, the robot looking robots that then act like humans. There's one in particular, and I believe uh, Chris Ryan pointed this out in his book as well, but there's one who's like lean, has this like, he's like basking in the sun on a boat with like a, uh-huh. like a machine gun. And I'm just like, yeah, damn, that looks so cool. Smoking like a cigarette at Something one point. like that. Yeah. I just, I, I thought that visually the way it worked, there's also like, 
the and some of the stuff that they he does in the movie like the idea i think he has so many good ideas gareth edwards the robots that like are self-destructing but are running are there that's so cool Incredible. that's so cool the kamikaze robots yeah i've forgotten yeah. about them so there's so much stuff in, in a way that makes this movie feel so enormous and big that like, and it feels like it is the, it is like you're watching it the way that some of these giant like robots or like machines and tanks, like start like rolling in. One of the things I think that Gareth Edwards is really, really good at is making sci-fi feel like you're watching like, like a documentary like it, mm -hmm. it like it feels like you're watching found footage right um and and it gives you that like size and scope and scale in a way that like it feels so much realer than movies like we just watched uh transformers right like rise of the beast like mm -hmm. i know it's like that's a totally different beast no pun intended but all the stuff that's like in that movie feels like it's like mostly like cgi placed into the movie and for whatever reason gareth edwards is so good i don't know which company he's using but it looks so good and that's the reason why like i was so entranced by this movie and i let so much slide specifically with like the plot because i feel like he has it, it just looked amazing it looked incredible and i was so happy to sit in the movie theater for two two hours watching no, it, the spectacle of this movie i agree it looked so incredible like not just the nomad stuff that i won't let go and won't stop talking about because it reminded me of one of the best IMAX experiences I've ever had. I have like a short list of like, these are the best IMAX movies I've seen. Not the best movies I have seen, the best like IMAX experiences. And Tron is one of them. Um, it looks stunning. Like I love, I agree with you. It's like, you almost can't see the seams, you know, with all this like CGI yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. you know, not to be like another person knocking on Marvel, but like to your point of like, I don't know who he's using. He clearly did not overwork or he at least, if he did overwork this, these visual effects people, they were... They worked enough that it looks amazing and you can't see the scenes. It kind of reminded me of, especially these robots that you're talking about, the like very uh, obviously these are robots, not the ones that look like humans, not the synthoids or whatever they're called in this. There's this movie Chappie that's like really oh, yeah. good. And it's just like a robot. And there is like this question of like the humanity. And, and I like to that point, I liked how this movie handled that. Like, the stuff with Taylor, the reason I like him, the reason I like them kind of turning the trope over on itself of like, he doesn't, we didn't need it to be the daughter for him to feel some kind of connection. But in this case, it seems like the character did need it is like, this is a character who was pretty selfish. This is a character who was just kind of very, I almost said rudely, but it's so much worse than that. Very coldly just turns off robots like whether they're AI or not, he in the beginning of the movie, there's this whole thing of like, oh, I just, it, it's off. Like I just turn them off. It's not, they don't feel anything. Like they're not real. He even says that to, to Alfie. And then like having to say it to a child kind of like makes him reconsider it and like start to reconsider it more and more and more. The idea that he, he actually is so selfish in his humanity and in his like human supremacy to use that word, that like he would need, unfortunately, a connection a real emotional connection to this child that is kind of his child in order for him to change kind of makes sense. And like the stuff with like the robots who again, look like robots doing very human things. Like they're the police, they show up and like, they say stuff to each other. And like you said, there's that one robot like basking and laying back and there's a one like smoking the cigarette and he's like, Oh crap, we're late. And he gets up yeah. and it's like all these 
very a lot of times comical but sometimes disturbing moments the kamikaze robots that you mentioned it's such a wild thing because i think one of the robots before he goes running off to explode himself like with the full knowledge of having to do so is like says to allison and janney's character like have a good day or something like that like there's this very like polite uh essence to the robot character that's about to like blow itself up that's just bizarre and the movie to its credit doesn't linger a lot on like even though even though it's 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 dealing with that idea in like a broader sense it doesn't take the time to overly in my opinion drive home this like are is ai human like this distinction that so much sci-fi is playing around with like if you have a sentient being are they quote unquote alive? Do they deserve to be alive? Do they deserve to be at the mercy of humans who were like, quote unquote, here first or whatever? And does that give us more rights than the than robot? Like they kind of just put us in that world and have us assess it in real time. They're not like spoon feeding us like the, the you know, rights and regulations or whatever things that the robots have to go through. We just see this one character basically being a dick to a lot of robots in the beginning and then less so at the end in a way that like really compelled me. I was, I was kind of impressed. And to your point about like how small it feels sometimes it felt to me like a short story in the best way, because like, I never felt like there was, I never really wanted to see more of the world. Like, yeah, maybe there are, like you said, there are like certain pieces of information I wanted more, but I never felt like, this is the least interesting thing happened happening in this universe. I want to go somewhere else or like, this isn't working for me. I would love to see, you know, more of LA that got blown up or what is New York like now because of LA getting blown up, like any of that stuff didn't escape me. And like the scope of this movie really worked for me. Like it's, it's kind of, I think ultimately the reason I walked away so high from it is because there's so there seem like there are so many parts along the way of making it or writing it or whatever, where it should have gone wrong. And a lot of things just went right. And it kind of feels good when you get a, on my side, a surprise, but like clearly on their side, like something that just turned out good. Like it's the, the sum, right. The, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts in a way. I think that that's probably true for me. This is a movie that I, really loved watching. I would absolutely watch this, th this again. And yet I think the more I talk about it, the less I like it, it is sort of how I feel in you terms of this movie. I hated this okay. movie. <laughs> I, th I think um, for, for me, the central premise that it's like, you know, USA hates AI also, I feel like isn't really explored well enough i think in the movie there are ai who are around and like clearly america just wants to like willy-nilly kill everyone uh all ai and stop ai from being produced but i also feel like yeah i don't know i there's one of the other interesting things i thought the movie does is like a thing that is unique is the idea that you can take the memory of a human who has died and implant it into and you get like the last like life of a human in a, an ai we get that when um one of the soldiers right gets revived into an ai uh and yes. then mm -hmm. and then yeah very briefly oh god that was so bleak yeah right uh pretty bleak and pretty interesting and then the only really reason they like use that later is they get Gemma's last thoughts right and so alfie gets to have the little memory chip of right do they 
of his of of her mom yeah like and she she and then she plugs it into the robot because she was wearing it around her neck and then that's who taylor gets to interact with at the end right before he dies okay to have that moment with his quote-unquote wife okay the moment where he sees his wife is the best example of what i loved and hated about this movie Mm. i love the idea that because she had sort of you know, donated her likeness for these future AI robots. Mm -hmm. And um, that's actually, I don't love it. I think it's like, I love the moment where they get to be together. Mm -hmm. I think all the ways in which like we get to that moment are like, some of them are interesting and some of them I don't like. Like, why do we actually need people to donate their likeness? To be at why couldn't we just like create fiction is it because like they look because i mean i would say i would argue that it's just like ai in real life as we know it now of like they need it needs to like collect samples of like what real is in order to and obviously the ai in this movie is like way more advanced than any i would hope way more advanced than anything like we seem to have in real life but like the idea that like nothing is as good as or looks as good as or probably most importantly feels realistic as realistic as like a real face okay okay i'm i'm i okay no complaints then but then the idea that alfie is on an american she's on nomad Mm -hmm. and they go over and they she finds she just how does she find a version of maya that she then like drags and all this to be said all of this happens within supposedly in the movie 10 minutes there's 10 minutes on when the bomb is going to explode she did great when he sent her along to be like all right you have to go do this other thing and i'm gonna go do this it's like wait how are either of you gonna need to finish this in like 10 minutes they accomplished like, so much in 10 go minutes go find the had... control room yeah. at least you know alfie is like a walking yeah AI, AI remote control yeah. basically right or not even just ai any machine any like thing that's like electrical in some way she can turn on and off with but her then mind. she stumbles onto an ai room where there's all these robots she happens to find her mom oh, she right. drags under, her mom, under like plastic <laughs> she drags her mom out into like the field where then she has to like get separated whatever she leaves her there she ends up back in the thing later at the end of the movie uh, josh and maya get to like have a moment together the, i'm like the 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 idea of an ai version him getting to like see his wife again in ai form i'm like cool i feel like so many of the ways he like tries to get there i'm like oh okay yeah okay that's fine okay i'll just yeah fun um that to me is like where i like you know the more i examine it because in the moment i'm like oh how sweet they get this moment before like the ship blows up and he sacrificed himself for his daughter like very nice but also at the same time i'm like i completely have to ignore how he got here you know but the other yeah the other thing that's interesting here is that like this is a movie where we've just finished a writer's strike that was heavily contingent on the idea that like AI is not allowed to write things. It can't, Oof. you can't get credit for it. It can't, this isn't entirely a pro AI movie. Um, did you know that he wanted Hans, he wanted to create an AI version of Hans Zimmer music and Hans Zimmer was like, uh, I have to sign off on it first. Hans Zimmer heard the music and said, uh, it's pretty, it's fine, but like it's a seven out of 10. So why don't I just do the music? And then Hans Zimmer did the music for the movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. I mean, the music is incredible. I meant to mention it earlier because like yeah, it goes it's along. Zimmer. Of course, it's Hans Zimmer, and I'm I am so into. I'm like a a Swifty version of whatever the Hans Zimmer fan is called. Maybe we're the the Hans. I'll, I'll come up with something better. Um, the it's it's so cool, and even like the sound effects to go along with some of these like really cool visual effects that we're talking about 
are really cool. That's such a fascinating anecdote about, about the thing. Like, no, it's not good. Why? Fine. I'll do it myself. Like very Thanos of Hans Zimmer. Actually. Yeah, he called it seven out of he heard it. He said seven out of ten. I might as well just do 10. it. Yeah, because yeah. maybe maybe they didn't give a maybe they didn't give the AI enough enough samples. No, but fair enough for Hans Zimmer to be like, you're gonna try to recreate my life's work through AI. I maybe I'd rather not have that happen. You know, oh, maybe after course. I'm dead. That's where I know? thought the story was going. No, <laughs> it's just like, no, no, I'm not doing this. Um, but uh yeah, the the idea that like I, I the idea that he would be like, had it been at the beginning of the movie, his Taylor's uh, reunion with like an AI Maya would have been like, not at all for him emotional, but like now he's come all this way. He has traveled this path with his quote unquote daughter. And like, now he's, he believes in their rights and like, he believes that they shouldn't just be shut off in, in some way or another. He's kind of come around and like, now it actually means something to him is like, is kind of sweet i don't i don't disagree that it's like there are some some leaps in uh in logic in order to get there that we have to do but mostly like time i was so high on on his on his acting in this movie because i was scared that i'm like oh my god look he's he's emoting he's connecting emotionally to other people this is wonderful can i tell you i feel like you have the opposite take of most people i think a lot of people thought he was maybe not good in this movie i will tell you and yeah. maybe again, that's because he huh? was probably just better than he was in Tenet. Yeah, that's what I was grading it against. Yeah. Which to be clear, I was like, no, yeah. no disrespect. Um to, to me, this is a total vibes movie. And that's like I'm so happy for it to be yeah. there. Like I will watch it again and yeah. I really enjoyed it. I just like I think for me it doesn't it doesn't hold as much weight under scrutiny as I would like it to, mm -hmm. but that's like in a way that's fine. I mean it was so fun to see so much of the stuff he put into this movie in terms of yeah. the AI that I, and, and I'm so prone to love this type of story. Uh -huh. uh, the like, you know, the Mandalorian, the baby cub mm -hmm. thing that for me, I maybe just have two expectations of like that story landing in a way that worked for me. But overall, I thought it was very, very good. I, I the, the fact that it's like probably potentially a one-off. Could you see there being a sequel to this? Could they like, <sighs> You still you know, have I, at the I end could of it. see it. I think there's an entire universe, you know, like part of the thing, part of the uh, the an interesting wrinkle or an interesting fact about like the Alfie storyline is the way that other. I think like certainly the more rudimentary robots seem to like worship her. Like there's an element to like there's a robot literally that like bows to her. I think it's one of the kamikaze robots. Uh -huh. Um and then at the end like she gets off the ship because she's escaped the escape pod and then like everyone's like cheering. And yes they're also cheering because Nomad is destroyed but like oh when they're running towards the nomad machine that's falling to the ground and and exploding and that thing definitely has missiles on I was like don't run towards that what are we doing <laughs> <laughs> the radiation can't be good. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, it's just in the water. It's like uh it's like Batman Dark Knight Rises. You just gotta put the thing in the water and then probably won't. it's not gonna hurt anybody. Uh I do just wanna call out like I think it was one of the better moments, certainly emotionally, when like Alfie and Taylor have to say goodbye to each other when he's basically like, Oh, I can't get this escape yeah. hatch reopened for to put myself in it. Yeah. So I of course I'm gonna choose my child over myself and like has to say goodbye to his child and like it's really the reason I think the reason it works is because the uh, the actor playing Alfie, Madeline, you know, Boyles is like 
so emotive at the end. At that point, you spent the whole movie with her and like it's so sweet and she's crying and she's like screaming out and she doesn't want to go. And it's it was really good. I got emotional, which, you know, is a pretty low bar for me, but I just I needed to say that. Can I ask you like a little bit related to the creator? Because I feel like so did you see this quote that Denis Villeneuve kind of got like was going around Twitter for a bit about his take on the future of the movie theater. Did you see this? He was like, Dune Dune 2 will save. (laughs) Yeah. His thing is like the future of cinema is in IMAX, large formats. The audience want to see something they cannot have at home. They cannot have on streaming. They want to experience an event, which I think is like both true. And I desperately don't want it to be true. Like I, that is not all I want to see in a movie theater, but I understand if you were like in the movie industry and you're worried about like the failure of an industry, mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out what is worth investing in. And Villeneuve is a guy who like, yeah, this is the type of movies he makes. Of course he's like, this is the future of cinema. But then I look at the crater, which I think is like a really good example of, of a type of movie that like that Denny Villeneuve is talking about. And yet it, 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 it came in third at the box office. It lost to Paw Patrol and it lost to saw. So is that, true i'm just like i'm just trying to think of like i maybe i don't understand movies maybe i don't know (sighs) chris you don't watch enough movies uh no i think it's it's an interesting it's an interesting point all around because i do agree that that's certainly a thing that movie theaters are kind of and just the industry at large, right? They kind of one one side kind of reflects the other. They're all kind of hoping is true because if if that's not true, then they have a fundamental misunderstanding of 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 movies. I mean, I think it's it's kind of to me like on both sides of the spectrum. Like you're getting a lot of these days. There are a lot of and especially at these like smaller chains that do more like indie screenings and stuff. Mm-hmm. You're getting a lot of uh hype i mean you mentioned chris ryan they talked about this on the watch of like the the excitement level that like younger kids now have around like event an old like an older movie getting an event screening at like one of these smaller chains and how like how much more genuine interest from a certain kind of like cinephile if you want to call it that has over something like this whereas like it's interesting to me that this it should be better, but of course they would they like the industry, certainly the studios, I think, would say, we'll see, we have we already have that piece of it figured out because that's this wasn't tied to any IP. So of course it's not going to be successful at as successful as like, you know, a Top Gun or Dune Star Wars or, or whatever, whatever the hell you wanna, yeah, do whatever comparison you want to make Mm -hmm. and i think there is something to that but i think just selfishly i love seeing them just like throw stuff at the wall and i mean and i'm saying that in the sense of like them making this movie and hoping that it does well like i was compelled and i've been telling people good stuff about it and it's like it kind of doesn't matter to your point or kind of it's like a drop in the bucket because if people aren't choosing to see it in mass or like enough for it to to quote unquote be successful as far as whatever the studio was expecting, then that's kind of what matters at the end of the day, which is a little bit of a bummer. But that's this is the reality we've been living in for for a little while, certainly since since COVID and the bounce back or not bounce back, however you want to put it. Yeah, it's so interesting because I think some of my favorite movie going experiences were like, you know, Bottoms. It was a full movie theater. It was so fun. Um, horror movie, I think, has a has like 
establish itself as having a place mm-hmm. in theaters. I think like Saw has a name brand attached to it, but also you know was a horror movie. It's we've been a little bit light on horror recently in the last few months, which probably makes sense. Like a little bit of time, although I feel like last summer we got a bunch of stuff over the summer, but maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering. But no, I do remember like at least Barbarian was like early. Yeah, was yeah. like the earlier part of the year before summer and. I mean, but it's about to be the spookiest season of the year, so That's you right. know. Anyway, I just thought it was an interesting uh, quote from boy Denis Villeneuve, um, and one that I like. I can see why he's saying it, and also I desperately don't want it to be true. That I don't want. Yeah. Only movie hoping, theaters uh, to be. We're hoping to prove him wrong. IMAX movies. So yeah. I um, don't want a max all the time. Hmm. I sometimes that's a lie. I'll see anything in IMAX. Like I'll just like there'll be a movie that I don't care about. I'm like, oh, but they're showing it at that IMAX. Theater. I wish there was an IMAX that was a little bit more convenient to me for me to get to. Is my yeah. problem? Yeah. I understand. You know who has the only of the actual real IMAX uh, the, uh, theater in Toronto? There's only one real IMAX. The rest are fake si- IMAXs. The only yeah, real I one is them, I call them Limaxes. Limax is owned by uh, the, the the Ontario Science Center here in Toronto. It's the only yeah, one that was IMAX. a thing here for a while. I mean, before yeah. even this this like uh, this big New York one, like there's there's like Planetarium. There's yeah. one in DC. Like those were the big ones that are like more well known. Um, and then now there's like a proprietary technology attached to it, which like if it's like a certain sound quality and like laser projector or whatever, they can call it IMAX, but yeah. it's Limax the way the way Limax. I call it. Um, hmm. But I thought you were going to say Scarlett Johansson was the was the. Oh, other. I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, I do just want to briefly talk about Saw X. Yeah, you saw it? Speaking of, I saw mm-hmm. Socks, Saw X, um, you know, going into spooky season. We're not covering it. Which I think is a, I think is the right call, honestly. But similar to this movie, I liked it so much more than I thought I would. I haven't seen a lot of the Saw movies. You know, I saw the mm. first one. I think that's it. I think other ones I I've know. seen on TV a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and this one actually takes place in the universe of the Saw movies. This actually takes place right after the first one. So right, I've heard that. Lucky me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was good. Like the the yeah, per- it was good. The performances were good certainly by the lead toby not toby huss toby huss is from halt and catch fire uh toby something is his name in real life and he he's really good he's always been like you know he's the voice obviously like the well-known voice of of saw of uh pinwheel was the spiral uh pinhead uh, jigsaw jigsaw, jigsaw. <laughs> <Pinhead>. <laughs> That's a... we're, we're so close uh yeah hellraiser saw yeah, for anyway yeah if you if you like horror then you're probably already gonna go to see saw but i think it's uh well i don't think it deserves second place above this movie quality wise i think it actually was a fun time at the movies so the there's two other movies that i feel like are like uh around right now did you watch no one will save you did you end up watching no and i don't mean to call cool. you out here. forgetting no you did you said you, you were gonna have an intervention on this pod for me not watching <laughs> that movie no i um, meant to because it's on hulu but i honestly forget you know this about me if the movie's not in yeah, theaters I, I stop paying attention can i tell you i really enjoyed it when i actually watch it it took me several times to watch it because i i don't know Your if people know speech. yeah it's but there's like there's no the movie is like intentionally like very minimal dialogue like sound like it like i don't know i didn't know this it's, so it sounds I, like a super vibes movie you talk about yeah vibes. yeah 
So it took me, I fell asleep a couple of times. I think it, it took me my fourth attempt to finally watch it, to actually watch wow. it. Um, the, the other one, I, I, are you going to check out Stop Making Sense? Is this thing I saw it. I you saw did it see at it. Okay. the real IMAX before okay. it blew it out. It was second to last night. They were The last night they were showing it was the night of Survivor. So I right. couldn't see it because I was having like a premiere thing with my friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had one showing. They were showing it at 1030 every night. Now it's like, released at, at quote-unquote normie theaters but i had to check out on imax yeah it was it's fun. playing a, a fair bit here in toronto it played at tiff i didn't i didn't go see it and then it's been playing ever since and i've been meaning to check it out because it's just like i think the idea of like an 80s concert being released in theaters is so interesting this is what i mean i don't think it like it is spectacle it's a venti to a degree but not in the same way it's not like epic it's a concert no, you know i think it's, it's way so more it's like way more niche it's way more like yeah. if you know you know and you know they're to their credit they're not calling it like stop making i mean it was a movie that was already released to be clear it's not like they no. have released something new yeah. but it's not like it's called stop making sense the you know talking heads uh concert right. documentary film i think it's Uh-oh. so fun that it's been it's like it's playing so much in toronto so i think it's really yeah and like people yeah. have been going you know those first few nights when it was the, the actual actual premiere of it which was like they were live streaming right. the right. reunion of the right. band wherever they were showing i can't remember now so that was like a huge event and that was completely sold out like that was like hard to get yeah. into because that was like, the tiff that was event that, oh tiff yeah, events super sold out yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know uh, a friend Kevin uh, Jacobs, Big Brother Canada winner, was very excited to go see it. And I don't know if he did get in or not, but hope he I did. hope he did. He was like, "Do you know who I am?" Yeah, I uh, want. It's yeah. me. It's yeah. It's the the original Talking Head. Kevin. <laughs> anyway, I I just think it's interesting. There's it, I felt like there was such a like late August into September was such a like uh, a desert of movies, and now there's too many area. There's too many for us to cover in, in a week. We don't. Florence like Sun also came out, which I'm I want to see, but there's so yeah, many. That's about to yeah. not be in theaters anymore because I think it might be streaming. Shortly. Apple. I'm not sure with the story. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. App. Uh, that and there's another movie coming out that's on Netflix that I'm hoping to see. Fair play. Fair play. Yes, as well yeah. in the theater because I am a theater snob. Yeah. But I am not a liar like Limax. So yeah, always remember that dear listener uh that's it anything else anything else you want, it, to I rambled enough, Do you want to mention yeah. tiff again mm, no <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna zag no uh that's it from us we'll be back next week to cover the exorcist colon believer colon believer. i'm a colon believer <laughs> <laughs> I am a colon denier. <laughs> I think it's Ellen. Is it Ellen Burstyn that's in this uh, movie? There's somebody that's coming back. Yeah, Ellen Burstyn. Yeah. Leslie Odom Jr. is going to be in it. Good yeah. for her. I hope she got her money because she deserves it. That's yeah. the note that I want to leave this podcast. It's two hours. <laughs> no, it's Lord. too long. <laughs> uh-huh. that's, that's the scariest part of all. Uh, but yeah. until then, I'm Ariel. That's Grace. We are Bush Recap Theater. Bye-bye.